You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. <laughs> and I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, we are on the last full day of the Trump presidency. Uh, what do you think? A time to look back and reflect, as we journalists do, on uh, the legacy of Donald Trump? Is that a reasonable? I think it is. And we're going to try to do this in the uh, most gracious possible way, the way our mother taught us That's to act. right. Because our mom was about nothing if she was not about graciousness. Exactly. Except, I, sorry to get off on a personal thing. You'd remember our mom always had what she would call an arch nemesis. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she, she did. Like if she'd work on a committee or she was working at a school or something, she would have an arch nemesis. But we're not going to have an arch nemesis here. We are not. And we're going to try to not do the other thing mom always had with something stuck in her craw. She did. Some, <laughs> ooh, something stuck in my craw. There are great phrases from... Uh, uh, from March, and I, I'll include in that the one that stays with me. Is don't cut off your nose, I guess, to spite your face. She was exactly. Always, maybe so we're, spite him. We're so not we're not going to do, do any of those. Anything. Okay, we'll go to you first. Can you come up with even one thing that is a positive legacy of the four years of the Donald Trump uh, presidency? Go so ahead. This, this might don't get something stuck in your craw. <laughs> This might sound like a little twisted, but I'm wondering if historically, if when we look back on this in history, whether Trump unleashing the white supremacists in the the anti-government types in the way he has, isn't something, it is part of his legacy, but it won't be a good part of his legacy as we act to stamp that insurrection out. So in other words, since I've been thinking about the insurrection in some ways, like the ISIS folks and getting rid of ISIS may be, may allow the Middle East to kind of move past that radical Islam. Maybe this will allow us to move past some of that radicalism and get everyone to step back and appreciate um, the stability, the consistency, and the values that have made the United States um, a, a world leader. So it's, it sounds like a backhanded compliment. I don't really mean it that way. But one of his legacies definitely will be the unleashing of the, um, the dementors, <laughs> or as the deplorables, as Hillary uh, Clinton would have called them, and maybe in the long run, that'll be a good thing. Okay, maybe. You know what? That's like the equivalent of saying the President James Buchanan, because he did absolutely nothing and allowed the Civil War to start and the breakup of the Union. That was actually a good thing, because at the end of it all, uh, the slaves got freed. Nice, <laughs> nice job, James Buchanan. <laughs> Sorry, that was not a slap at you. That was a slap at Donald Trump. There is nothing. You know, the one that everybody is saying, all his followers, uh, Mike Pence said this the other day, and they get this really solemn look on their face when they say it. They say, 
Well, he did not put us into a war. He's the first president in whatever who did not put us in. Overseas. Yeah, well, they have to say overseas because he started a civil war here, for God's sake. He's put us in much the same, I'm not exaggerating this, much the same position that Buchanan did leading up to the inauguration of Lincoln, a country ready to fall apart. You know, and the fact of the matter is, I don't like getting involved in overseas war either. But if we remember at several points in his presidency, he blustered and said, we're going to do this and we're going to come down on them. They're going to feel our wrath and fury. And in fact, Donald Trump was, to use a word he enjoys so much, too much of a pussy to even do it. He backed away from it. I wanted to say one of his legacies, much like Clinton's legacy was to bring blowjob into polite society. Trump has done that with the word pussy. And I think we can thank him for that because now anybody can use that word just about any time. And, you know, um, in expanding misogyny well beyond where it already lives, he did a great job of that. The other thing is, was thinking back to his inauguration speech, because I'm you know, talking about all the great inaugural addresses. And I think he did deliver on a promise to create American carnage. So I don't, I don't think that's exactly what he meant. I think he was saying there is carnage and I'm going to clean it up. In truth, there wasn't carnage, but he did create carnage. So um, I think one of his legacies, whereas I think he and even his supporters thought he could come in and clean, clean the United States up, what was wrong with it is debatable. But um, one of the things he's given us is um, both division in one way, but that division already existed. But on the other side of the divide, um, I think he has started, he created in us, again, this is like such a backhanded compliment, the a sense of shared values. So if you look at the coalition that have, that voted for Biden, which was African-Americans, young people, you know, the liberals, the regular cast of characters, but also the educated suburbs. So you moved those folks away from a Republican party that was starting to rot from within on these um, social issues or, you know, what do you call it, the cultural revolution and moved them to the Democrats. I think that that's the Trump did that single-handedly because that's not the direction that was moving in. No, I, and I'm going to add on to this. This is a, a serious one. And it's another one Trump did not create, but boy, he really put it firmly into place. The dominant philosophical, personal philosophical view of the United States as led by Donald Trump is selfishness. I Philosophically, we would call it egoism, not egotism, that's conceit, but egoism. It says you do what is best for you. And just symbolically, we will never see it more clearly than tomorrow. The reason a president, outgoing president, goes to inauguration is not because it makes him feel happy and it's a wonderful day for him. It's because he cares about the country, the transition, 
the image that we say to everybody of, listen, this country is working. We can even pass it on to uh, the power on to someone who's defeated us. Not an easy thing to do, but we're willing to do that for the common good. But Donald Trump says, no, I get a parade. I get a 21 gun salute. I get my own. T- I get my last chance to ride in Air Force One. And I schedule things based on that. And I know that's all just kind of symbolic things, but it goes to the idea that I don't have to wear a mask if I don't want to. And I'll tell you, when a country is run by selfishness, if we allow our society to be that, that is a country, that's a nation that is going to fail. Correct. I mean, because you need communitarianism. That's not communism. Communitarianism to be able to get through the hard times. It's what's been missing as we've uh, worked through the pandemic. Yesterday, I was on a call with one of these folks, you know, that I'm helping with the unemployment. And she was so grateful, like, oh, thank you so much for helping me. And I said, hey, we're all in this together. And I meant that. I'm not a saint, as you know. But that's how we get through crisis is by working together. So I think you're right. The other part of his legacy that we will live for for a long time, again, something he did not create, but he did accelerate, is the media landscape where you have two separate truths. So, you know, um, I don't know which writer wrote this, but, you know, post-truth is the one step before pre-fascism. And Trump has, you know, taken that uh, post-truth world that had been created in the, you know, really the, the media ecosystem of the right. And he's just accelerated it so much that you still have like 75% of Republicans who think that Joe Biden did not win the election fairly. That's a tough thing for Biden going forward, but it's a tough thing for us as a country because democracy requires shared truths. And right now, we don't really have shared truths. So that is one thing I think Trump took advantage of. But because he was such a prolific liar, really a master, he's not a good liar. He's just a shameless liar, right? Um, That allowed the system to be created where people don't feel tethered to the truth in any way. And that will have consequences for really decades to come, in my opinion. Well, I think you're right. And this is something that leadership uh, really has the responsibility to take care of, and that is to bring the truth. You know, we could solve this whole idea that, you know, great numbers of uh, Republicans don't think Biden's really the, the president. In a matter of seconds, Donald Trump goes on the air, he could command this time, and says, I want to address everybody. It was a hard fight, and I fought to the very end. But I want to tell you, Joe Biden is the president. He was legitimately elected. I'm very disappointed in in that. He is not only all of our president. I want to say to you, Joe Biden is my president. Bam, done. The issue is, is finished. Leadership must take that role. Now, of course, we know 
this leader is not going to do it. And I, I'm going to stay with my same theory. He is simply too selfish. He would rather accommodate his own bruised feelings than take care of the country. Yeah, I mean, he's never, um, from the beginning, thought about country before self. So I don't think that's unique to Trump. I just think he was, you know, <laughs> like better at it, if such a thing is not exactly the right word. He was just more of an egoist than many, such a narcissist. But one of the things, you know, if we're talking about legacy, is it possible that that a walk away for us as a country could be that we never want that to happen again? Like, do we stop and say, how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? And one of the ways that might be done is for the Article One branch, that is Congress, to grow a pair. So one of Trump's legacies was, again, something not started with him, but accelerated by him to absolutely kneecap Congress and Republican leadership. They gave up what they had to control him. And in doing that, they allowed us to get within a, a hair's breadth of a totalitarian takeover of the United States. So, you know, is it a moment where someone like Mitch McConnell steps back and says, whoa, 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 we got really, really close to something I don't believe in and changes his behavior? I don't have that much faith in that, to be honest with you, but that could happen. It, it could. Or the other thing that could happen, uh, and I think it's important, you know, we have gone as a nation. We've gone on the assumption that the president, the person we elect as, as a people, will be a person of sufficient virtue. We know not the best man in the world. We understand ambition. We understand. But that either he will be a good enough person or that the office will make him a good enough person. Because he will remember that argument was made about Trump right. all the time that this person will be a good enough person that we can invest almost unlimited powers in him. And the pardon power is, is certainly an indication of that. I think we have to recognize now that that's not true, that we could have another person with as low a virtue as Trump. And as many writers have pointed out, the next person might actually be good at it. We were to a great extent saved by the incredible incompetence of, of Donald Trump. And because of that, I really am of the belief that we have got to make some changes to the Constitution. I would get rid of the pardon power. I cannot think of one good thing it does, but it does an awful lot of heart, a lot of wrong. I would get rid of the Electoral College. I would get rid of gerrymandering. Uh, all of these kind of changes and others that would restore uh, the position of the Congress and the position of the voters of the United States, I think are really crucial. And I, I don't know what form that is. I have fear of a constitutional convention because I can imagine how bad that can go and run away. But I think we should, I would ask Joe Biden, create a commission 
to talk about real constitutional change. So again, to my initial point, if Donald Trump's legacy is the impetus to change and to make changes that we should have made instead of just relying on someone's virtue, then even though he will always be seen as a bad president, president, the time may be seen as transformational. Okay, I'll I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. And I won't make any more James Buchanan jokes, which which actually generally don't (laughs) play that well in any case. Only to the sibling talk audience. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.